Welcome to the Warm Down Podcast, episode six. We got to talk about the last 16 with Rem and P. Myself, uh, going to run down the last 16 uh, with Wells and Denmark. Uh, Denmark uh, going through 4 0. Uh, Italy winning 2 1 against Austria. And Netherlands losing to the Czech Republic 2 0. And Belgium just hanging on to a 1 0 win against Portugal. Exciting game between Croatia and Spain, ending 5-3 to Spain. And an epic game uh, between France and Switzerland, where Switzerland managed to win on penalties 5-4. And just now as we finish, England, comfortable win against Germany. There's one game left to play, Sweden, Ukraine. But best to start off with the, the last 16 games. Best one to start off with the, the Wales-Denmark game. What's your thoughts on that? Um... I watched the game, obviously, Denmark won 4 0 in the end. Um, smashed them. Um, Wells got a red card in it towards the end. Yeah. Um, but as the game goes, I think as we've seen with Denmark, um, they've gone from strength to strength in the tournament. Like, this got goals from all kinds of areas. Like, they were my dark horses in the tournament, but I was worried with their strikers, with the centre forwards. They maybe just didn't have enough goals. Um, but even like the game against World, um, Dolberg comes in and he bags two. Do you know what I mean? His career has gone a bit downhill since he was at Ajax, came with like good reputation and stuff. He was going to be a star and then Alan worked out for him. He's at Nice at the moment. But yeah, impressed with Denmark. I thought Wells started the game well. The first, it was like 15 minutes. Um, Bell had that shot which just went wide of the post and that was an encouraging start from them. Denmark manager reacted, man. He put Christiansen in midfield, kept an eye on Ramsey, and the game just changed once he made that tactical switch. And Denmark just dominated the game from there, and it was only going to be one winner. Um, comfortable, as comfortable could be in the end. As I said, goals from everywhere, and that's important. And um, look, without Christian Eriksen, I didn't think this was possible for them to do, but they've, they've showed... Like unity, heart, and they, they're almost playing for him. And, and, and they're also their crowd is coming out and supporting them as well. So they're getting good support and it's helping them on the pitch. You can clearly see that. And they're a well motivated team, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did, seeing the game here, I thought it was you know, quite, quite close you know, in the beginning. Um, but I think, the, I think the change was when Wells got uh, a man sent off. That was right at the end. For me. So it was like 3-0 by then. Yeah, they were close into it. I know, I know with the game itself, I mean, Denmark were in control. I mean, Dolbergs did score a couple of good goals. But I, I think for me personally, for Wales, I'm not, not, not trying to make an excuse for them, but I think the, the amount of miles they clocked um, throughout this tournament might maybe have played a hindrance in, the, in their performance um, against Denmark. I mean, they started off in Baku, uh, you know, travelling to Amsterdam. They've been all around, around you, clocking one of the top miles up there. Um, they looked a bit flat, but no, taking no credit to Denmark. Denmark were the better team. And, you know, yeah, it looks slowly but surely. Obviously, with Ericsson not in there, they've got that motivation now to kind of go as far into the competition. And with the draw opening up now, they've got a golden opportunity to at least maybe get to the semi-finals. P, do you think that with this generation, I think it's going to start to break up now? The Ramsey, Bell... I know they've got a couple of youngsters coming through in that, but do you think we'll see these lot in another tournament, this main group? Uh, no, probably not. I mean, I think 
as you mentioned, Ramsey, Bale, they've served, been brilliant servants for their country. Uh, two talisman. I mean, you don't often, for nations like that, get two of them come at the same time. So I think, yeah, it'll be hard to replicate the things that they've been doing in recent times. But it's all about just having a good system, uh, getting in some good young players and, and getting them to play a way that they feel like a brand of football that, that they, they want to identify with. So, yeah, in the near future, I don't expect Wales to be doing too much. I think it is probably that time that they roll past any kind of success. Uh, uh, yeah, fair play to them. I mean, they've made it to this tournament. It didn't go all the way, but it's been nice to have them in. Yes. Um, so, obviously, that uh, with Denmark, they, they, go, they go through um, and they face the Czech Republic in the next game after Czech Republic beating Holland. It won some, which might call a shock result. But before I go on to that game, I want to talk about the Italy-Austria game. Very tight game. Finished 2-1. Um, Ren, what was your thoughts on that game? Austria kind of gave Italy a bit of a fright. Yeah, I was... Like I think we, we said last time, Italy are the team that I've been most impressed with up until then. As I said, I know the competition people might argue and Austria, to be honest, like they got they got tidy footballers like Sabitza, Alaba, Manatovic is a handful up front. They got some decent midfielders, um, and they're competitive defensively. They're a competitive team. Do you know what I mean? If they can't play against anyone, I'm, I'm like I don't think they'll just get rolled over. I, I thought it would have been a comfortable victory for Italy, to be honest, but. Listen, man, Austria competed well, and I think we're going to see in a lot of the other results, and I think something we'll probably talk about Can I bring it up, like, is, is the the rising of, it's either the rise from the, the underdogs or that the teams that we thought were the dominant teams in the tournament ain't as great as we think they are. Do you know what I mean? Um, it went extra time in the end, and out of which had a goal disallowed, rightfully so, we're very close to So... At one stage, Italy were very close to going up. Um, I, I still still believe in them. I think there's their style of play is hard to, to play like that for 90 minutes. And I think you saw a drop up in their performance. Like as the game got on, you could see they started to tire. And the extra time was perfect thing for them to kind of regroup. A couple of subs came on. In the end, it was a brilliant goal by Chiesa and it. Yes. Um Chelsea, yeah. With um Spinazzola, who's been Mad impressive down the left-hand side in every single match. Again, if he doesn't even get an assist, he plays a, a ball that, that is hard to kind of deal with, where he switches the play um, for the back post and stuff. And he's very good at that. He's very good at just bombing down that left, taking control, taking defenders away, allowing Insigne a bit of room. Um, but the winning goal was was a quality one from uh, Jason. Um, Austria fought well, but Italy, I think, just deserved the win. Yeah, no, like, yeah, definitely agree. I think Italy had enough towards the end to kind of get the win, and they they've shown kind of consistency in this tournament. Um, kudos to them. I think um, very strong. I mean, in terms of their performances, um, I think going forward they're going to be in a position as favourites to kind of win, kind of have an opportunity to win the competition. Like I said, with the way things are, um, they stand a very good chance. Good players, good squad. Mancini's got these players up there playing. At their best, and I think they won't fear anyone going forward. What What do you both think that they they miss that possibly stop them winning this? Pace. 
at time. I think there's there'll be a team, there'll be teams I think will try to overrun them. At I think back. you know Italy they set up at the back here. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a Chiellini at the back. Well, no Chiellini, he's been injured. Um, yeah. but I know what you're saying. Their aggressive style. If you beat the press, um, they play such a high line. It's it's kind of a bit of a threat. Won't be you going to say something? Uh, for me, I'd say just a bit of invention. I mean, they, they've got good ball players. Uh, Insignia is a very good player. I feel everybody's kind of, their characteristics fit their roles, where there's nobody that kind of lies in between. Like, they used to have Perlo, who you look his position on the pitch, but he, he controls the game like he's playing further ahead. Um, it's almost like a number 10. Yeah, but even like then, a maverick kind of player. Yeah, kind of a maverick player. Yeah. Where if somebody is going to sit in on them and they have to pick their way through, sometimes it can't be just a run, but it can't just be a pass. Yeah, somebody's yeah, yeah. capable of doing a bit of both. I believe the player closest to that is Chiesa, and that's where I believe pace-wise they've got that threat in him. Um, the main thing for me with Italy is they're a good side. Uh, they've got camaraderie. You can see that they have that common goal when they step out on the pitch. Uh, they don't look disjointed in, in any way. So, um, I said from the beginning, they were my team for the tournament. They're doing well so far. I mean, they had a... I wouldn't even call it a hiccup against Austria. Obviously, they got through. Um, they've only conceded one goal in the tournament. I w- wouldn't even say quietly going along well. They, they've just been efficient, strong. Once again, the best teams you can be put with your backs against the wall, they'll find an answer. Italy found their answer with a bit of quality. So, yeah, strong from the Italians once again. Yeah, and um, obviously Italy now got to face Belgium in the next round. See, moving on to the Netherlands against Czech Republic, some might see that as a as a shock. Um, Czech Republic kind of turning on the performance to beat the Netherlands. Uh, what was your thoughts on that on that game? It was a uh, we spoke about this before. My concern about the Netherlands before the tournament started. Concern about the manager. Not really knowing their system, just a, just a lack of kind of confidence in, in, in the squad. Um, but they've done well up until until her. I, I think maybe the home support was helping them out because this game was um, in Budapest. But Czech Republic, I'm impressed with man. I'm impressed with Czech Republic. Even against England in the one 0 defeat, I thought they competed well. Whether you could say maybe England didn't quite take the risks and go for it, and they could have beat them more. I, I thought Czech Republic. Got something tidy about them. They, they, they work the channels well. They build up play on the wings. Um, I think the sending off of Delit obviously changed the game because it now shifts who's in more control of the, of the game. And I thought it suited Czech Republic more having the ball because I think against England, the concern was well, what I saw in the game. They just don't have pace, man. I think you saw where England was troubling them was when Saka came was a little deeper and carried with the ball. Sure, maybe carried with the ball. Sterling, Grealish, it was causing them issues. That was when it caused them issues the most. But other than that, they can deal with it, with a lot of other stuff. Um, and they don't loosely give away the ball. Um, with Suchek and Sufal down the right, he's got a good link up um, down the right-hand side. Gets balls into the box. Schick has now gone on to four goals, is it, in the competition? The last goal from Czech Republic in that game was... was was brilliant. The, it was like a heavy touch, an interception in midfield. But he just touched it straight to the gap. He just kept going. The energy at the end of the game as well. I'm 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 happy for them that they're through, man, because I have been quietly impressed with them. Um, 
I know, P, you were saying that was the team that you were kind of, because I know you weren't here for the last, you were saying that was the team you were most impressed with. Mm. Yeah, that, um, obviously in the group stages, we never pulled up any... <laughs> yeah, I swear, man, I swear. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Don't give a shit, I swear. Yeah, but they haven't gone out there and done wonders. But as I said, I looked at them and you could just see there's, once again, like a unity with them. That the, the, they know what they they're going out there to do. They all seem to have the same common goal. No superstars, but sometimes that's what gets you to win. Not having one player to rely on. And I think we also had the discussion about Holland, mm. and that was one of my points with Holland. Previously, I feel like there's always been a bit of competition in the Holland ranks to be the number one player. I think we could see that there was less of that this year. Less superstars. Yeah, less superstars. Mm. At the same time, I think when you are a team like that, there comes points in games where you look to players to do something. And maybe if they were a bit more like the Czech, you might have to work the ball a bit better or or find other ways of getting yourself back in the game. I think definitely once the lit's off, it it makes the job 10 times harder, especially against the organised side. Um, David, um, what, what do you think about Schick? I think he's. I think he's a good player. I think he's um, shown in this tournament um, how much of a good player he's been. I think he was quite influential in the game against um, against Holland, and I think I was quite impressed with the way he he was against Scotland as well. So um, he's, he, I think he, you know, as much as you know, Czech Republic don't have a, a talisman or a go-to guy. I think he's the guy. I think they're gonna. If any moments to, to occur that can happen, I think he's the guy that can make things happen. And the game against Denmark is going to be interesting because, I don't, again, I don't think both teams have a certain superstar to kind of change the game. But if any opportunities are going to fall to a player, he's going to be the one I think could, could potentially make the difference in that game. So, And I think a lot of people might be looking at him in, in, the, in the shop window to potentially get him. So, yeah, I think overall he's had a good tournament. Yeah. It'll be a good contest between um, the um, Czech Republic and, and evenly Denmark. balanced. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, like I'm, I'm liking Denmark squad. Like everyone that I see, I'm, I'm impressed with. Um, Damsgaard, obviously, since Ericsson come out, Damsgaard has been the kind of one to take the kind of mental, um, kind of creativity. Wasn't just does something different, like we were saying about having a maverick player. Like he's just got that little bit of difference about him. Um, Paulson's work rate, reliable player, breath weight, good, good pace about him, good energy as well. Um, the left back is Mayer, good, good player. He scored a couple of goals, yeah. could, could completely go as Dave Rock. I could have thought that, but um, Delaney, reliable in certain midfield, strong goalkeeper, got a good, good core, good core about them. Um, the captain, Kier, they were good, they were good side. I do like them. Um, and it'll be, but I do think it'll be a, a game. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's one of those games. It's a fifty-fifty game. Um, I mean, any team could potentially win it. Could could lead to be, you know, could be an interesting, exciting game. Could be an open, expansive game. What people like to see, and if it goes like any other games we've seen recently, we're in for a treat. Um, so moving on, um, obviously Belgium just beat Port- Portugal uh, to progress. What did you think of? Uh, Hazard's goal. What I think of the goal first, I thought 
he hit it well. Yeah. There's something about Torgan Hazard that I didn't really realise before. Like Maybe because they were both playing on the same side, but he's not got the dribbling technique of his brother, but he's got the running yeah. style of his brother. Like, there was certain points, like when he had the ball, I was kind of baffed. Couldn't make it out who it was. I thought it was his brother. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he's starting to show in this tournament anyway. And I think in the last couple of years, his name's getting out there more, especially maybe with Hazard not being influential at a mm-hmm. club level, really. He hasn't played much football. Yeah. So his is the name. He is representing Hazard at the moment. Do you know what I mean? The name. Um, yeah, it was a good strike. Clean strike. Like, I thought it was better than it was um, when I saw the replay. The keeper, when the ball's hit that well, you take one step to the wrong side and he just took a little step to the right-hand side. It kind of fucked them up. Um, I think we know we've seen Rui Patricio. He's, he's a reliable goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? So, as I said, it was hit well. It was hit well. Um from a hazard. Um, but what, what did you think of the game in general? I think we said a quick... Now, go on, David. Peek on the answer. Oh, no, I was going to say... Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, with the Belgium-Portugal game, I thought, I thought once they scored, they kind of took the initiative. But I kind of liked the way Portugal came back into the game, created a couple of chances. Um, defensively, I thought Belgium were, were quite good to keep Portugal up. Mm. Um, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit concerned about Belgium. I think you know, some of the players in there... You know, Hazard's not performing. De Bruyne's not, um, you know, is he fully fit? Well, they're both like missing next game on Bel- Yeah. And, and, and the problem is, is now there's, there's a lot of pressure on Belgium because this is supposed to be their golden generation. They're, this crop of players, you know, there's a lot of pressure for them to kind of succeed in, in big tournaments like this. You know, they're ranked number one. They've got, you know, quality players. And this is the potentially the last time that this group of players will be able to play together. The next game against Italy is going to be interesting because I think they play into Italy's hands. I think if Italy get the initiative and score first, I think they'll just see out the game. I don't think, I, I, I don't think Belgium, I think it's as, as good as it gets for Belgium because some of their players are just not up to t- task. And I think they kind of got away with it towards the end because I think Portugal didn't take their chances. And I think if, had they taken their chances, I think it would have been Portugal that's gone through. So I think they kind of escaped uh, a, a lucky one but defensively they were decent Belgians I think in their last six tournaments we've got to the quarterfinals so I mean yeah. they, they've got a knack of getting to this stage um, it's just whether they can like, like, like nearly men yeah go over those time. hurdles yeah. I'm not trying to be funny Spain were nearly men until they had that generation and even the generation that came through and started winning things, it was a penalty shootout was the first kind of hurdle they had to overcome. So it's more mentality kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, they've got Mm. winners in their team, but essentially when you come together as a unit and it doesn't happen, it can knock the confidence of top players because sometimes it's not so much we're not good enough, it's how are we not good enough when we're good enough? You see the players, you you see what everyone's capable of and, and they're not able to replicate. Almost like England when they had their golden generation, everybody still looks still look back at the group of players that England had and you'd expect them to have, we can't just say, oh, you go win a Euro, you go win a World Cup, but get further, do more. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with Belgium, they've been, as I said, the last six tournaments, quarterfinals, they got to the semifinals of the last major tournament. It's just about just getting over that hurdle. And then sometimes it's at that stage, then you see the big players really rise because... It's that moment. They're, they're there to take it. But they, they got their win. I mean, it's a good goal. Can't take that away from them. 
the Italians are always going to be a tough outfit for anybody to play. So it'll be an interesting game. Very interesting game. There's, there's two people that I want to talk about from either side. Um, but I'll just quickly, what I thought on the game, like, defensively, I was a bit worried. I remember when we last spoke, I, I said to you about um, my concerns at the age of the defence. And then they added an even older man to it, but adding Van Island. You know what I mean? But I have to say, I wasn't president. Um, they showed the game. And, and, and this, I think we'll come into France maybe a bit later. I think they showed the game of respect, maybe because the level of competition that they had and the competition and defence knew they had in Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought they they stepped... I mean, obviously, there's Tottenham fans now on, on going mad on Twitter saying, oh, Vertonghen showed us why it's an error that we got rid of him and, and stuff like that. And Mourinho didn't get the best out of him. And that's why we kind of... Listen, any Tottenham fan has a has a attachment to Vertonghen. They do. You know what I mean? Um, he's he's just a cool dude. like, um, and, and he's a likeable guy. And he's putting some diehard performances for us. But like, I'm not saying I, I think that at the time, I've told you before, I, I, he would have been a, one of the guys that I would have let play out his contract. Remember we spoke about this before. Um, but it's one-off games. It's, it, it, it can happen. It's a performance. Praise to him, well done. It's about consistency. Do you know what I mean? Especially as you're older. And when you look at the, when you're younger, like Joe Roden, the reaction again was with Joe Roden, that Joe Roden had a poor game against Denmark. And now all of a sudden he's not good enough. But just a week before, the majority are coming out and saying that Joe Roden is our, our best defender. Easily. Easily our best defender. And it just shows you that fans is just, it's crazy reacting to things, man. But um, yeah, I thought in the end they, they held on when they need to. Portugal got a bit unlucky at the post and stuff. And you just thought as long as Christian Ronaldo's in the pitch, there is a chance that they'll nick one. Um, so credit to Belgium. Um, the two people I want to talk about the first, about the team that won, I'd say Lukaku. I'll ask you lot what you what you think about him in this tournament. But I know recently he come out and said that he's on the same level as Lewandowski and, and Harry Kane, he believes he's world-class. I think if you asked me before this tournament or whatever, I, I would have said no. I think he's top-class. I just, before, even when Man United had him, I questioned his mentality. And I think his mentality has improved under Conte. Um, but I think it was a mentality thing. I think as a defender, you can kind of bully him. You can kind of show him, even though he's big, he's a big guy, physical guy, he, he used his physicality, but he knew it when he was dominant. When he knew, you don't like this, you're scared of me. Do you know what I mean? And my question, my doubts about him was that use your physicality a bit more and don't give a damn about who you're coming up against. Show him, do you know what I mean, that you're you're, you're this ox striker. And I think, finishing-wise, I think there's not been a doubt in him. He, he's, a good, he's a good goal scorer. He's a good finisher. His touch was a big question at Manchester United at certain times. I think, David, you will know. Um, mm. But I think he's, he showed signs that that's getting a little better. His his connections with players around him is, is, is getting a lot better as well for me. And I thought in that second half against Portugal, he was unbelievable. His hold-up play, he bullied Diaz. Bullied him. You know what I mean? And I think a performance like that would... Where I said before, so no way would Man City be chasing Lukaku. But now I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't get their main target, 
that didn't turn to Lukaku. Um, whether he will suit their kind of players is a question, but I, I was highly impressed. I've been impressed with his leadership to me in this tournament. He's really stood up. Um, I still would say he's not world-class for me, but I do think he's... He, in this tournament, I think he showed that he's getting there. If he was to now take Belgium to, to the final or something or, or win it, and he's even doing a similar job to what he's doing, chipping him with a couple of goals, but being that leader up front, I, I, I would put him in that bracket. But go on, Dave, because you had him, what, what do you think about this tournament? I, I, think he's, I think he's improved considerably. I think it, the best thing he ever did was move from Man United to Inter Milan. His physicality has always been there, been brilliant, but his attitude and application has been fantastic. And obviously everyone, you know, has been mocking his, his first touch and I'll be the first one to say, you know, his first touch is out of space. But for me, I think as a player, he's improved in terms of his goal scoring, his link-up play um, and his effectiveness on the pitch because sometimes he can go missing in certain games. But he seems to me, his mentality is, of, is starting to be of an elite player. And especially in this tournament, the goals he's scoring... Um, in terms of him being in the same breath and the same bracket as the Lewandowski's, I need to see a bit more. I need to see him take Belgium by the scruff of the neck and get them and win something. Be that you know, he needs to be the decisive man to make something happen. When the game's gone quiet, he is able to kind of dominate and, and create something out of nothing because this is what guys like Lewandowski do on a regular basis. But he's not too far behind these type uh, these type of players. But for me, the improvement is there to be seen. Um, but I think time will tell whether or not he, he's, he's going to be in that same conversation with the guys like Lewandowski and that, because he's still got a long way to go. But I do think he's making the right steps to get there. But as a, as a player and a mentality, in terms of a mentality, I think he's done well. I think a move maybe to a Man City or a Chelsea, and he, you know, where we can see whether or not he's learned from his mistakes, um, become an all, you know, even more of a bigger force, then, then we'll see the difference. Um, the other player I didn't want to talk about, I'll ask you, P, about this because I know you've got a lot with the comparisons with Messi and you can talk about that if you want. Um, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, who mentally, I've said it, is the <clears throat> the best footballer in history, mentally. Uh, where he took his game and stuff, the, the, the competitiveness in him, the professionalism in him. Um, and as an athlete, as I say, especially nowadays with nutrition and everything the supreme athletes and he in my opinion was football's real example of like a supreme athlete yeah Cristiano Ronaldo I mean no more superlatives you can give the guy he's unbelievable just like Lionel Messi but um, I think in his time that he's been performing for Portugal we look at the number of goals even at the Euros he scored in multiple tournaments Got to take your hat off to the man. Fantastic. He's level with the record now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's level. Mm. So he's due to score another international goal. He'll then become the all-time. He'll make the next scorer. tournament. Yeah. If any player could, he could. If yeah, if somebody could, he could. But I'll be honest. I look at him and Messi now, and I think decisions will be made that I don't think they're they're hundred percent. Just yeah, I'm gonna go to the next one. I can see. Little things, little powers waning, and but it's all natural. Uh, when it comes down to it, once again, he's there to score goals. He's done that. The first game, he, he was almost non-existent. Then he just bags two. Uh, yeah, it's not much you can say about Cristiano Ronaldo. Just fantastic footballer. 
what I would say about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo though is um, I think as much of an influence he is on the uh, you know for the Portuguese team, I think he's also a hindrance. I feel like um, guys like Bruno kind of have to uh, play out, out of position to accommodate uh, Ronaldo, rightly mm. so. Um, and I think the balance of the squad can can be of a detriment to to Portugal. I mean, he's such a big influential player, but when things go wrong, I think we need to kind of see life after Ronaldo, what other players can emerge behind the scenes to kind of make a difference. And I feel where everything's surrounded around Ronaldo, it's great to see, but I think I think it affects people's other other players, you know, you, you know, uh, like Bernardo Silva, Bruno, um, Jota, other players that can't come up to the and make a difference because everything's just all about Ronaldo. Yeah. So, Sorry, I've spoken to a Sporting Lisbon fan regarding this. I, I know it's crazy, but I was on headset. Yeah, that's on the league. But I was on headset <laughs> on Call of Duty. And he said he was uh, I'm from Portugal. So I just asked him whether he likes football. Started telling me he's a Portugal fan. Like, sorry, a Sporting Lisbon fan. Um, This was, i say, about two years ago. Uh, He was telling I mean, he, he was telling me at the time, Ruben Diaz is the best centre-back that they have all these things. And we were talking about Ronaldo, how fantastic a player he is, obviously coming from Sporting. But at the time, this is a guy who obviously supports Portugal. He's Portuguese. He said, we're a better team without Ronaldo. As much as he is a maverick, he's a fantastic player. They are actually a better team without him. And it's due to the fact that other players are able to shine. Mm. And I think the capacity of Ronaldo's game is that in those moments, you want it to fall to him. Whereas there's certain things, certain moments that it could fall to, it may be better for it to fall to a left footer. But because everybody has so much confidence in Ronaldo, you don't mind when it falls to him. And then people don't tend to question. And if they go out, you still look at his performance, say he played well, they played well. But it's always in hindsight. But we can sometimes factor in, well, if it wasn't Ronaldo, would this guy have scored? It's not always going to be the case that Ronaldo is going to score. Lionel Messi coming in off the... Um, left-hand side, we know his natural game is to come in from the right. Sometimes you'd want somebody who's naturally right-footed to take the shot rather than the Messi and vice versa. Same things can be said about Ronaldo. I totally get what you're saying in regards to the team uh, being affected by his game, but we all know you've got to get your best players in. And as long as he's able to kick a football and says he wants to play for Portugal, they're always going to have him. Yeah, going to move on to the next the next game that happened. Lively game. Uh, Spain winning 5-3 against Croatia. A bit of topsy-turvy game. Um, yeah, what did you think of the game? Um, it was a mad game. The first goal that went through Croatia was the, the back pass from Pedri. And Simon and goal had a bit of a, a shocker. Me and he was talking about this. He was kind of preparing himself for, for <laughs> instead of securing the ball, kind of getting it out of his feet. Do you know what I mean? So you can make the next pass. Um, when that situation, you have so much time, you should just make sure you secured it, especially if it was coming at him, kind of bouncing. Um, after that goal, gave Croatia some confidence, man. Um, really did. And um, I was kind of surprised because with Croatia in this tournament, I've just kind of thought they've just got a lack. Brilliant, obviously, midfield, Luka Modric. Rebic, I know in this game, he moved out to the left and he took Perisic's place, which was a concern with me. Obviously, Perisic playing, he's a goal scorer for them. And Rebic had been playing up front. I don't think it's his best position. I think it clearly showed his best position. It's kind of causing problems down the sides. 
um, he kind of comes inside as well, like that that kind of left forward you would say. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with them, and then Spain finally got the goal. I think it was Aspilicueta got the equaliser. Um, went two one up. Then um, Torres kind of fell asleep. Croatia it was like almost like the game was over from there. Like mentally, they were like questioning himself. Confidence was gone, which is something we're probably going to talk about with Switzerland as well. Um, so Spain go three one up. Torres neat finish, and you're thinking the game's done. Do you know what I mean? In the last five minutes, Croatia just banging one and then score like a very good header right at the end, and then we find ourselves in extra time. Good time that come for Spain. Spain kind of kind of regroup they made a lot of subs by then um, but they still had enough players on the pitch and I think Morata who I definitely want to ask you to on um, in a set after I make my last point um, but yeah then Morata got the fourth um, brilliant touch brilliant finish and showed kind of what he can do um, and then they got the goal to kind of end the game the fifth goal um, but yeah Morata I, I said this going to the tournament. I know me and P spoke about this as well. Like, when we spoke about Spain, and Spain are kind of, they always had quality, like Raul, Morientes, like kind of strikers, but they just, in tournaments, Spain always had good players. Spain just, just never had it. Just never had it as a team. They never clicked. And then they finally clicked when they had Iniesta, Xavi. Obviously, we know world-class players. Like nearly the whole team was world. David Silva, Fabregas, Torres. David Silva. Um, sorry, David Silva. Um, what's his name? David Villa. Um, David Silva. Yeah, David Villa. Um, and then they've kind of lost that. They, they got Diego Costa, but like Costa's not, no, I'm not dissing him like he don't care about playing for Spain, but the guy's Brazilian. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't think he had that. I think it was just he was the best next thing that they could bring in to help them. Um, and you can see why, as I said, he's, he's the type of guy you can leave up there on his own and he can win football matches for you on his own, not just scoring, you know what I mean? Um, and just leave him there on his own and you can win the battle and win the match. But going into this tournament, Morata, um, I, was, I was concerned, man. I wasn't impressed when Morata came to England. And... It, you can maybe say it was the pace and kind of going through the same kind of problems what Werner was going through, getting chances, but he's just not showing that that quality and confidence, sorry, in front of goal that he's had when he was playing in Italy um, for Juventus. Because we really stood out for me. Um, and obviously he's left Chelsea, got back to Atletico Madrid, I think his boy club or whatever. Yeah, I was concerned, man. I just, he needs too many chances to score a goal and we know how Spain play. They play possession-based kind of game. So they're always kind of being controlling the game. But the question is, how many chances can they make? And if they make the chances, oh, if they make the chances, can he tuck them? And up until now, it's been dreadful. Like, he missed a header in that game, which was P as a striker. is shocked. Listen, P can play ball there, yeah, but he's not a header. You know what I mean? But you'd be embarrassed. And it was, it, was, it was shocking. And you're kind of thinking, I always quit. If they go out, Morata's going to get the big blame. I know he was getting, obviously, you know, fans are stupid. They get carried away, start threatening his family and rubbish because the guy doesn't score goals. Like, come on, man. Um, so for him to hit the back of the net in that fashion was, was kind of good. But sorry, I kind of went on there. What, what, what do you lot 
both of you, I'll take it to David first and then Pete. What do you think about Morata? Sorry, um, what do you think I about think Morata? Morata. And, and who have you been most impressed with in Spain? So to answer the, about the Morata part first, um, I think he's, I think he's a good player, but I think over the over the time, he's kind of lost his way a little bit. I think the confidence has been shattered a little bit when he came to Chelsea, and you know that's that, that's a big problem when a when a foreign player comes to England with an expectation, and it doesn't work out, and because how the the British media is, it can really take a bit of time for you when you you know if you move go back to where you rediscover your form to kind of get that confidence. And it hasn't really been materialising for him. But sometimes with a striker, you need a, you need to score a couple of goals to kind of build that confidence. And sometimes you, a tournament like this is probably the best platform for a striker like Morata to kind of build that confidence again. Because, you know, you don't have any expectations, but, you know, you can, you can kind of get that form back. Uh, he has been kind of on the decline. Um, and I don't know whether or not it's because of the, the hate that he's been getting from fans and there's ridiculous fans kind of giving him the problems that, you know, death threats and all that. But I'm happy for him that he scored a couple of, you know, of goals. Um, and I think, you know, he can if he can get back to that level he was at when he was at Juventus, I think he can be a decent player. But time will tell. Um, but in terms of the pers- person I've been impressed with in Spain, Busquets. Uh, I think he's such an influential player for Spain. He's just his coolness and his calmness in that position, being able to kind of settle the ship a little bit. He's just a, a prominent player for, for Spain. He um, does a brilliant job you know, at Barca, but for Spain, you know, I can see why Luis Enrique wants him in that team and he's the first name on the, on the sheet. Um, the that's point why I feel has been the... You missed, you missed the first game, man. Yeah. I think it was the, but you maybe can tell the, the difference that games. he makes. He just settles yeah, down yeah, the team. Um, yeah, personally, Morata, I have to say, the French Lacazette. People like to... The French. <laughs> the French oh, sorry, Lacazette. the Spanish Lacazette. <laughs> well, it might as well be the French Lacazette, because Lacazette don't even play for France. But, yeah, Spanish Lacazette. I mean, there's something wrong with these guys. Your job is to score goals. Goals are not easy to come by, I understand that. But their link-up plays fantastic. It works so well for the team. Yeah, he, he played well. Yeah, no, he works hard for the team and I have to give him that. I'm not going to knock him. Lacazette yeah. does the same. A lot of the time, his touches and little things he does, bringing others into play or passes he plays are very good. But the same issue stands. It's what Werner's been doing recently, but he's not famous for doing it. Morata is famous for missing sitters. Mm. Lacazette, you kind of... He's not famous for it because he's not that big a player. But you kind of know with him, there's no, no but 100%. He is, he is because he plays for Arsenal. You know? Yeah, but he, I, I still no, think he's going to stand no, up. But he has his doubters still where he's not kind of put in that bracket. Yeah. When it comes down to like Lukaku, when Lukaku would miss chances, yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. the same sort of treatment. Yeah. But mm. like, that's the thing. These guys, Morata, you're supposed to be in that bracket with Lukaku where you're higher level than Lacazette. Sometimes Lacazette gets excused for it because he's Lacazette. Morata gets too many of these presentable opportunities. One came in the games before where the ball fell to him right in front of goal and he just sort of snatched at it and just yeah. placed it wide. You're like, if that was your only chance of the game, that's what you've done with it. And you're their striker. That's pathetic. I'm sorry. Uh, finishing, I said the same thing to Remy earlier. He'll miss an open goal header. He'll miss about four of them. And then he'll go score a wonder goal. And then look, the goal, brilliant. The touch, fantastic. As I said to Remy, poor defending, in my opinion. The defender doesn't know where he is, so he just jumps to the ball. Um, Morata's taken about two steps away from him, so he's got two yards on him. 
great touch, great finish. But they're still in the tournament, but for how long? If that's what you're producing and you don't take your chances, against a team like Italy, you won't get too many of them. Who who are Spain playing in the next round? Um, I don't. I think they got um. Oh, Switzerland. They got Belgium. Uh, they got yeah, Belgium, Switzerland. Switzerland. Sorry, so, ju- just to just to finish on, on that, would you say, would you say that Morata spends too much time outside the box? No, I watch Morata and he stays within his two centre backs a lot of time. His position is quite good. The area he makes good runs. Yeah, no, this is the thing. Like the area he's in is where you expect most number nines to be. Mm. It doesn't. There may be points where he's a bit deep or he goes a bit wide. Nicholas Bentner, kind of similar style where he's just I'm trying to say is that he does too much work instead of focusing just on. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I I don't know. With me personally, I don't think so. I I think Morata. Technically, I see things in him that he's not that clean. Like you see some players, they take a touch and just looks tidy. With Morata, it looks kind of scruffy. Um, he kind of has that. Diego Costa-ness to him, except Diego Costa had more quality with it, where things can get a bit scrappy, and then it's about your size and, and but, your strength but, and but, things like but, that. But that suits Diego Costa, really. No, but this is the thing. Diego Costa, it suits him, but he has a bit more quality in it, where when he takes a touch away from a man, yeah, he, he looks... Yeah, he looks assured, whereas Morata, he looks like he's about to fall over all the time. Mm. Do, you, do you think that's a confidence thing for Morata? No, if that's the case, he's been the least confident guy in his whole life. <laughs> he must have been bullied at school. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. That's sorry to cut you, but do we remember his goal against Man City in the Champions League for Juve? Brilliant. Wait, wait. Nah, no, brilliant. Brilliant. Thing. Look, wait, he he does, that outside of the post. Yeah, that's, the goal like that. That, that's the goal that made me say that this guy's got quality. Look, you know look, wait, his goal for Chelsea, where he ran past Stokes, hold a foot, like just blew through yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Mm. But these are all difficult goals. Yeah, and I know what you're saying. I know to it's, score it's tapping, score That's now, what you say about like No, but people can say Abamian misses sitters, but nine times out of ten, Abamian scores sitters too. He doesn't just always score brilliant goals. Abamian will score tappings. That's what he's he kind will of arrive at the back. Yeah, person. and things like that. These guys just miss all of those chances. Whenever it seems to be something simple, they can't do it. And that's kind of Harry Kane for England as well. I know he scored his header today, but when he gets a chance for Tottenham, he could have about four men around him. Just get half a yard and, and he puts it right in the bottom corner. Who was it they played? Uh, the other week? was it Scotland where he cut back and he, he just shot straight at the keeper? Yeah, well, that was from Maguire's pass, that yeah, was a good pass, but at the same time, you're just like you don't expect that of Harry Kane. Mm. But for some reason, when he plays for England, he turns into Murata. Yeah, that, that's that's what obviously you're leading your nation, isn't it? Like, so when you're saying confidence, I think maybe it's the pressure on these guys. Maybe. Oh, and but- some guys are, are kind of rising to the occasion, like, um, what's his name? Isaac. Yeah, yeah he's Isaac. Coming Arsenal, by the way. Mm. Um, and I'd yeah. also like to say, Moretta, I think he is basically the modern day higher level Bentner. That's what I'm kind of likening him to. Because Nicholas Bentner, people you say is rubbish. He misses a lot of chances. What does that tell you? His movement is fantastic. Yeah, it's good, yeah. he, he gets in the right yeah. positions. Morata always gets chances, but he always misses. There's no point. There's no point. He should just go to Sampdoria and just be the highest earning player. He could score 10 goals for the season. They'll think he's amazing. Yeah. And they'll appreciate other things about him. But when you're at these sort of teams, Juve, 
if he wanted to go to Bayern Munich yeah, and things like that. Pressures the different like pressures, yeah. yeah. You've got Lewandowski who plays mm. for one. You've got Suarez who plays for another. Messi who plays for another. Ronaldo plays with you. And that is just, nah. Nah. I'm sorry, there's levels to this. And I, I rate Morata, but not as a finisher. Let's let's move on to the shop or the or the, or the round because I think we'll be on this one for, for a bit of a while. <laughs> we'll be definitely will watch it. Yeah, go on, Dave. Take control. Yeah, um, definitely a shock. You know, you would have thought it's a foregone conclusion. France to beat Switzerland, but Switzerland never gave up. They had the endeavour to continue and they won on penalties. Um, do you think it's France's uh, lack of cohesion as a team was that their downfall? Or was it just the fact that Switzerland really just deserved the win, deserved to win it in the end? Uh, I think they got it tactically wrong. Wingbacks, absolutely awful. Offered nothing. Nothing going forward. Um, was it? No, it wasn't even one of the Switzerland goals, but Pavard, he's got no pace. Mm. He's getting burnt, burnt down. Talking about the penalty. Yeah, the penalty, that was it. Yeah. Getting burnt, absolutely burnt down your side. I mean, yes, he's played there before, but I just don't know. It, yeah, but you just looked at them in that game and they offered nothing, really, Rabio and him. Like Rabio was not left back. No, but the worst thing is Rabio, I heard his name more than Pavard's. Yeah, no, he did. He, 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 he definitely tried. Yeah, he definitely like, got Pav- on. I'm not saying Pavard wasn't trying, yeah. but that tactical decision to play them two at wing back, I just think it was it made no it didn't really do anything for them. Anything. Um, then I just felt in the middle it was a bit too crowded as well. And there was no real press. First half, definitely. There was and no they, real they press. Just... Benzema and Mbappe, I mean, I know you're fantastic footballers on the ball and stuff, but you have to do the dog work too. And I mean, I was talking to Romy about it earlier. But Karen Benzema, I wanted to get the hat trick. I wanted just for him, for them to go through, because I mean, the first goal was special. But the funny thing about football, we looked at it. Switzerland could have been 2 0 up. Rodriguez goes and misses penalty within two a minute almost. France go and score two goals. Yeah. It was a whirlwind of a game. Fantastic stuff. I mean, Coleman yeah. volleying off the bar, right. almost the last kick of the game. It was it was a fantastic, fantastic game to watch. But I feel France were probably their own worst enemies. And in that, there was a bit of to me, a bit of too much flamboyancy. Not enough ruthlessness just to get the job done. And I know people can say, yeah, but if you can do, play a pass like this, why not? But why? If you don't have to play it like that. But it seems like everybody wants to do things like that all the time. Little flicks around the corner and stuff like that because it's entertaining on the eye. And it kind of reminded me of, obviously I wasn't born at the time, but I've seen when Holland lost the final to West Germany, where they're the better team, but you kind of wanted to show that you were the better team and show the flashes. Because once they went 2-1 up, it looked like they were going into party mode again. Mm. So Griezmann doing little back hills here mm. and Bappe doing his little flicks around the corner, 360s. And... Well, that 3-2, three, that three, that's how they got level, isn't it? Pogba oh, unbelievable. Was, was messing about. In fact, I haven't even talked about that goal. That shows how amazing the game was. I forgot he scored a stunner. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic, mate. Paul Pogba, stupid celebration, but what a strike, mate. Yeah. Yeah, what a strike. I mean, obviously, you're a United fan. He does none of that for you lot because <laughs> you lot are awful. Listen, but, right, right now, I look, I, look at that, I look at that Pogba, the way he plays for France. He looks like he's free. You when know he plays why? for us, he looks like he's, he's a prisoner. <laughs> you know what? 
because in France it's abolished. It's abolished. They are free <laughs> to do what they want. They can they can be mm. what they want. But where, but, no, but but that, where he's in Ulot's team, he kind of has a role. He, he kind of has to be this guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in France's team, he's allowed to be Paul Pogba, what yeah. he is. And that's the thing. As much as people complain about him, it is a bit of Pogba in United's team. If if you're not got the tools around you to to be that guy, you have to be something else. But then it's also a bit of your problem too. You have to accommodate guys like that. I said before, he's kind of like Meza Ozil, a player of tremendous quality. If you unlock it, that's the thing. If you manage to unlock that, you've got a very special player on your hand. But France, it's, they, it's they, hard for Pogba, it's hard for Pogba to kind of be himself when you got. Guys like Fred McTominay, he has to go put that <laughs> to the left hand side. But that's uh, that's another right. story for another day. But the goal itself, I mean, just epitomizes what Paul Bogba's about, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's absolutely um, fantastic. He just he's... what did you think of the celebration though? Yeah. That I, I thought it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I just thought just do a quick two quick, quick <laughs> couple of dabs and then get back into the game, man. Come on, man. No, you know what? As soon as he hit, he, nah, crossed, he killed it. He no, killed he crossed it. his arm straight away. Yeah, said, nah, he yeah, killed geez. it. Yeah, yeah, he did some yeah. stupid... He killed it with his first reaction. He just yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. it started to get a bit ridiculous, him and Kimpembe, and yeah. I was like, Kimpembe, you're, you're shit, so you shouldn't be... You're a suspect as well. Oh, and wait, before we even go any further, we haven't even talked about it. The man who missed the penalty. The man, the invisible man. The invisible teenage Ooh. ninja turtle. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> now, this is what I'm saying. Wait, before we... Because this is what I'm saying. We're going to have so much to chat about on this. David, you, first of all, have your point on, on, on the question that you asked. What, what what did you feel it was that, that won the game? Was it Switzerland being just better on the day? Or, as I said, kind of what I was saying earlier, What was it France kind of not respecting the tournament in a way? Do you know what I mean? But it's respecting the opposition. They thought they would just turn up and kind of win. And then they realised, and it took them for Switzerland to miss that penalty for them to really realise, shit, we could have been out of this. Do you know what I mean? I think they've got too many stars in their team. And they're too many stars are not on the same page. And they, they they kind of almost disrespect the opposition, the way they're playing. And you're always in it. And Switzerland, you know, they, even though you, you, know, you felt France were comfortably going to win the game, Switzerland were always always with their hard work and their, their camaraderie and the, the fact that they're all together in unison, they always had an opportunity. And once they got a goal back and a couple of goals and they created opportunities before then France, because they're so individual, individually, they're brilliant. Collectively, they're appalling. And Switzerland kind of u- utilised that as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to get back in the game. And that's the reason why Switzerland deserved to go through because France, for me, collectively, they're not good enough. Individually, they're superb, and guys like Mbappe, for me, I'm not saying he's overhyped, but listen, let's let's calm it down a little bit. This is an opportunity for him to kind of show his credentials, and he needs to go back go back to the drawing board. Let's let's go back to the basics because this French team, you know, England get a lot of stick. The French the French media are expecting results, and they flopped. This is this was their tournament, and you know Switzerland. Kudos to them. You got guys like Jacker. Playing like Urzel. Did you see that pass for one of the goals? Yeah, Jacker yeah, was yeah. playing like Urzel. Like, and that's the problem with France. France collectively, there's just too many, too many egos in the way. No, I and, agree, and that's what they're down for. I agree. So I, the I, Dutch thing that you were kind of saying. This earlier. is what. But we had this conversation the other day as well, and I said to Remy about Holland. I said they're kind of like France, except France mm. haven't had it recently. But with mm. those two teams, there's always kind of in-house things and a lot of egos in there. Um, I said with Holland before, I used to feel like everybody wanted to play their way. 
I don't think so much with France. They're happy to do it together, but they're, you know what they're kind of like at the moment? I think this is the perfect analogy and comparison. It's like Harlem Globetrotters. It's almost mm. like you pay to watch a spectacle rather than watch a real football game because they know they're that good. If we get in front, we mm. can actually demoralise these guys so badly. Kind of what they did to Croatia in the final. But sadly, Switzerland weren't going to lie down. And Remy was saying it earlier today, Longley, awful. Holy shit. Awful. Listen, man, every time I watch Barcelona, I, I, I look at him and I just think, you're not a Barcelona defender. Not like Barcelona. No, sorry, I, we have to remember they let go of Laporte. This is the same mm. country so front, front. that let go mm. of Laporte. You've got Longley playing awful. I'm sorry, you played Rabiot. You played no, Rabiot no, no, at left no, no. back. I would have even, you've got a natural left footed player that you've given to another country. You could have played him there. Well, where was, where was Kunde? Because he played in the last game at right back. The guy's a centre back, and then you play Longley. Like, what did Kunde do wrong? What give away the penalty, the handball against Cristiano Ronaldo? Like, listen, man, I'll have my bit on on, on France because I think the thing is, and I think this is where England's approach has changed. This is what England do anyway. They copy other nations. They they look at the blueprints to winning competitions and being successful. They copied the German kind of thing up until a point. Um. Then they, they, they copied the same formation as Belgium at a point, um, but they wanted to... And now, currently, they're in the Portugal-France one competitions by being defensively sound. And I think that's mm. where England are at the moment. But back to France, I think the France thing is that's what they were built off at that last World Cup. A lot of that was... One, Mbappe was not unknown like that, but he still wasn't doing it week at the highest level week in, week out. Let's say it was like a, almost okay. Is he a one season wonder at that point? Do you know what I mean? Because I think he just broke through from Monaco, so he came into that World Cup not really world renowned like he is now. Um, so they were allowed to sit off teams, they go into the competition not as champions. Um, and that defensive style, counter attacking style could kind of work. Um, it suited Pogba to an extent, and obviously, as the tournament went on, credit to Deschamps. He made the right changes. He changed the system to 4-4-2. Played um, Giroud and, and Griezmann up front together. Played Mbappe out wide. Had Matuidi playing off the left. And then obviously Kante and, and Pogba in, in the middle. And, and it worked and it suited them. I said after the game against... Um, who did they beat in their last... Who did they drew, sorry, with Portugal? Um, I said I would like to see them start matches how they finished um, that match with the 4-4-2, with Koeman, um, Koeman, sorry, out wide, with either Mbappe out on the right or Griezmann. Um, and then that would mean Benzema up front with Mbappe or Griezmann. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, and in defence, as I said, they've had a bit of problems at left back. But the reason why I was saying that is I think they need to start to change their approach. Be a bit more proactive. Um because in this tournament, they're going to be asked more questions to be pro to, to, to be proactive to kind of beat teams because teams are going to set up knowing that they're playing the world champions. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. teams are gonna one play out their skin, they're playing the world champions. They know that there's a good chance if we don't play to our hundred percent level, 110% in, in case of, of the smaller teams at like Switzerland, we're gonna get knocked out, we're gonna get battered. So we have to be on our job. We have to be on our job to, to stop. 
the man that me and you, David, were talking about as the X Factor, as being mm. Mbappe. Um, because he ended the season really well at PSG and, and, and on the counter-attack. And I thought that kind of would suit them. But as I said, they come into this, um, where, where, sorry, where PSG were doing the counter-attack and stuff, they were doing that against Bayern Munich. They were allowed to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because Bayern Munich are going to come and approach you. Switzerland ain't going to come and approach you the same way. But as I say in the Premier League, it's about attitude. It's about application. You can be a smaller club or smaller nation, but you can play, especially in a tournament, you can play one of these teams and and you can rise to the occasion because you can put more in it. And I think, especially first half, it was Switzerland dominated the game and, and that was down to application. It was very slow from France. Their pressing was slow. Their energy was slow. Kante, I've never seen him play so slow. Um, but yeah, so Switzerland deserved to win the game. Um Crazy game, as I said, moments of quality obviously came from France. I think you could say that about every single goal. Um, Benzema for the first one, um, oh, the touch as oh, spoke about earlier. The, the touch was outrageous, he knew what he was doing there. Um, the second goal, Griezmann's two little touches they don't look important, but they were vital. The one thing about Griezmann is a very neat player, people may have the questions about him, but. One thing about him, you can rely that he's very neat and you can rely that he'll make the right decisions a lot. And um, I think for the second goal, two brilliant touches and then he tried to dink the goalkeeper, took a deflection and fell to Benzema back post. And in the third goal, obviously, we know Paul Pogba screamer. And Paul Pogba in this tournament has stood up, being world-class. And... Listen, people might not agree with me because, again, I say people say football's about opinions and, and the way I look at world-class is there are people that have world-class attributes but they're not world-class players because world, being world-class is about consistency. Um, Obviously, I'll, again, I want to talk about my club all the time, but I'll talk about my club with when the time where we were in the Champions League and the question was, how many world-class players do Tottenham really have? And at that stage, I would have said out of the world at that stage and... I just wanted to wait before I said Harry Kane was world-class because I wanted us to be in the Champions League for maybe two years running and see if he can hold it up. And he had. So that was when Harry... And that year, he got 50, 56 goals in the calendar year um, and, and scored the most goals. If you, you don't do that by being world, um, by not being world-class, you know what I mean? Because that's about consistency hitting them numbers. And... Um, and Paul Pogba, as I said, it's a question of consistency. Um, now we'll move on to, as you said, the, the it's disrespectful man, the turtle man and Bappe, because I asked you both on this. But before you do that, yeah. you said you, you said something about uh, Aldevaro being world class. I was a bit not now. They're taking a bat. Not oh, now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This oh, okay. was possibly three, four years ago. No, definitely now. He's aged and, and his reactions are way too slow now and, and stuff. As I said, I was mm. impressed with him against Portugal. I thought he was possibly a man of match um, defensively-wise. Um, but no, no, no. Not on that level. But um, yeah, back four years ago, when we were in the Champions League, as I said, Christian Eriksen, you're going to put in that bracket possibly. Um, and obviously, I think if you look at us now, you, you would say Son and, what, and Harry Kane are the only two world-class players that we have now. Lloris, yeah. if at a stage he might have been touching that world-class status, he's definitely not in there now for me. Um, 
But yeah, obviously, like he made a great save. But yeah, I'm sorry, Mbappe. I just, for the first time, it was a question like, look, Jordan Bray on UFC, but when we talk about Adesanya, and you talk about um, him holding at the feet um, the last time out against Blahovic and then how he would react in his next title defence back at his weight class, people were questioning, oh, he knocked a bit of confidence losing. I'm no, not worried one bit about his confidence. And Mbappe, I would put like that. But then, maybe I'm a fool for thinking that, because the guy is still young. Was he, 22 years of old age? Mm. Okay, he's won the World Cup. Um, at club level, he's tearing it up. And I said this at the time when he was breaking through at Monaco. I believe this guy, when Ronaldo and Messi are gone, this guy is, if I had to put money on any player becoming the best player in the world, I would put him. Um as the tournament got on, man, there was just a lack of confidence. And you could see it. You could just see it slowly coming in. And to be honest, as we were in extra time and it was heading towards penalties, I said, this guy's going to miss. If he takes one, he's going to miss. Whether he takes it first, second, third, fourth or fifth, he is going to miss. And in the end, he, he, he missed the penalty that won it for Switzerland, who deserved to win. But... Um, yeah, that was my what I noticed about Mbappe, as I said. I just think confidence-wise, it was just... As I said, he was going into this tournament as a superstar of the tournament. Um, and and he was kind of dealt with on most games. And I think that chance that where people said he should have took it on his right where Pogba played a brilliant ball, one of the many brilliant balls Pogba played, he took it out on his left. But they were like, why is he doing that? But you know what? I've seen him do that at club level so many times. He's just had a knack of... Finding it near post, but raising it so high, it's beyond the goalkeeper's reach. He's so clever in doing that, but he's got so he's so calm with doing that. But he's got no confidence at the moment. And you saw the finish just slashed wide with his left boot. But but what did you feel about Mbappe? Because no goals, by the way. Well, um, Mbappe special doesn't take away anything from him. Just one penalty miss or one poor tournament. He's still a kid. Uh, he doesn't have as much to prove as a lot of the other kids out there, but he said there's a lot to prove. He's still starting his career. So, um, yeah, I don't think people should get uh, too ahead of themselves, which I think some people have been doing. Like, he's untouchable. He can't make mistakes. Mm. And then on top of that, you can't get too on to the kid. He's still a child. Well, in, in terms of the game, he's only young, man. So, yeah, I think he's got the mental strength to bounce back from this. Uh, it's just whether France do. David? Um, I, I think with Mbappe, I think it's a mentality thing. I think he's... We know how good, good of a player is exceptional and he does bring a lot of quality. But I have to question his mindset sometimes. I don't know, it's a bit of arrogance. And I think he's, he's at that age, he's, in that, you know, he's around the squad, you know, very impressionable. I think he kind of needs to be a bit humble in his approach. I think this is a, this is a good learning curve. There's a lot of expectation on him. He didn't deliver, but he could use this as a learning curve to kind of improve. I do think he will improve uh, over time. He'll mature. I know he had a couple of spats with uh, Giroud coming yeah, into that, the that tournament. Was, that, that was the first sign for me that I was like, mm, this is a bit kind of a different side of him. I, I don't really know what, what went on and what was said, but when I heard spat and and kind of kind of coming out and publicly kind of criticising Giroud, I was a bit like, all right, this is a different kind of side. Just before the tournament as well, kind of went a good thing. But 
Yeah, I think as, as he gets older, I think he, you know conflicts are going to happen. He's going to have to kind of kind of approach it in a different way. And I think um, I think it's great that he's been banging in goals for PSG and everything. But I think sometimes you look at that that league as well. You know, I don't think you can really really show what his, his his qualities is all about. I think eventually, I think you know, a move maybe to Real Madrid. I think that's going to test him as a person if he does go there how he's going to deal with certain things because, you know, as you know, any player that goes to La Liga, especially Real Madrid, you know, if you're not scoring goals, they're on your back. So I think if he's been put in that type of, that atmosphere, it'd be interested to see how he, how he performs. But again, this is just a learning curve. I expect him to come back from it. But um, t- listen, he's a quality player and I do think he will evolve to be a serious, serious challenger to get that Ballon d'Or in the future. He's, look, he's young. These are these type of experiences make players, and uh, and I think this, you know, next year's the World Cup, so he's got time to reflect, have a good domestic season, and tear it up again, you know, um, in the World Cup. So it is what it is. Last quick, um, um, last quick, sorry, question on this um, last one and a quick one. Um, any um, chance Switzerland against Spain? Any chance of Switzerland? Definitely. Why not? Yeah. Spain are shaky right now, in my opinion. And a lot of, as I said, the smaller teams, they've got a camaraderie, they've got the common goal. So they've all got the common goal, they've got that camaraderie amongst them where they know they have to battle a bit harder, but then they work for each other. And I think with the big team, sometimes they look that they're, they're kind of lost, found wanting when plan A isn't coming off or, or that what is expected to happen isn't happening. Yeah, I mean, what I liked about what I like about Switzerland is that they're able to adapt when they know a team is like France. They're not things are not meshing well together. That they had, you know, they took advantage. You know, get that goal, and it's the mentality to go bring on another a player to kind of try and win the game. And they didn't just hold on to the, you know, they went for it. They saw an opening and they went for it. And you know, and that's what you need. That they there's a trust in within that squad that you know they can bring on players and they can affect the game. And look. You know, if they feel that Spain, you know, are not going to be playing to the best of their ability, kind of keep them at bay, and there's an opportunity to score goals. Listen, Switzerland will have the players to cause problems, so it's going to be an interesting game. But um, moving on to the game today, an impressive performance, probably I feel England's best performance of the tournament so far, to beat the old rival Germany. You know, home advantage and all. Um, some some are saying what you know, Southgate masterclass. Don't know about that, but what's your thoughts? Is it Germany just didn't perform, or or, or everything just went England's way? I just think the Germans—they're not good enough at the moment. They're not good enough at the moment. I mean, there's a reason why um, Low—they kind of want him to go. Well, he's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he's, he's gone now. Flip, yeah. Flip. Yeah. So yeah, there's a reason why um, they haven't been good enough, struggling in in terms of qualifying and things like that. It's just. It's not the Germany you expect, and yeah, they they've looked a bit disjointed in the tournament. England have looked solid, so credit to them. I mean, if anybody looked like they were going to win today, it was England. Um, yeah, man. Listen, man. As I said, I think England are trying to follow a blueprint now of of which is kind of a old kind of tale. Kind of just be organized, be organized, be defensively sound in tournaments and. Don't concede and, and, and you can make your make your way through the tournament. Um, listen, I get the criticisms for Southgate. Listen, you're always gonna have to say international level. You're gonna have 
players that you always feel should be starting from the beginning of the tournament, the guy who's scored majority of England's goals had been England's only goal scorer until the last four minutes of this match. Raheem Sterling, nobody wanted on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? I mentioned it in the last episode. He's the only runner on behind. He has a knack of, like the goal he scored today against Germany, of, of doing that for Manchester City. He loves, you know, Pep's style with the overlapping fullbacks constantly and, and overlapping in all kinds of areas of the pitch, um, attackably. And he scored a goal that he scores for City every week. You know what I mean? Listen, he's he's had his worst season, you would say, at club, club level this season. He hasn't played much and Foden's kind of taken his place. But listen, at the end of the day, he's becoming England's, become England's goal scorer um, in this tournament. And you need one. You need, uh, any competition... Football at any level, you need a goal scorer. You need a guy that's going to score the goals. He might not score screamers, might score technically brilliant goals because all of his goals have been the same. Um, but you need them. And um, Sterling has done that so far. The change of system, I wasn't surprised. He went like for like, and it's a clever thing to do. This, this, as I said, people that are just fans that just want to see entertaining football all the time and, and, and all this, that doesn't win football matches. Not all the time. You know what I mean? Um, he went with a different approach. He, he he went to a formation that, for me, suits England a little better. Again, Harry Kane, it's a worry. Obviously, that goal, now was good finish in the end. Um, difficult to get his head down to it. Done well. Um, that goal, hopefully, will give him some confidence. Um but England deserve to win. They they defensively did their job. Um, Germany's, I mean, the big chance for Werner in the first half. That was the best chance of the first half until um, that last second Germany made a cock up and Harry Kane showed his lack of confidence because it was a crazy thing that he tried to do. You do that when you're banging in the goals, you go around the goalkeeper from there. He should just hit it first time on his left foot. He's got good feet either side, you know what I mean? Um, Germany's obviously best chance after that was the Muller one. Came from Raheem Sterling's mistake. Um, and even though he went from hero to villain, I thought Muller missed it, man. I couldn't believe he missed it. I I, I said to me, if that was Nabry, I think he would have tucked it. Um, Muller's been a great scorer. Muller's been a great player. I'm a huge fan of Muller. I've said this from the 80s one of the most reliable footballers because he can do everything. He's maybe not the quickest, but he has quick energy, if you know what I mean. Um, got a good touch, good awareness of things around him. He's clever. He, he does cute things. He does score headers. He's a guy you can rely on getting in the box to, to, to finish off chances. Um, running in on goal, man, with the goal bearing down. There's a lot of pressure on you and, and he fluffs it. Um, but yeah, England played well. They deserved to win. Um, this was their best chance of beating Germany. People can say this is their best chance of winning the tournament. They play either Ukraine or Sweden next. Um, they'll be huge favourites no matter who they play, to be honest. Um, yeah, um, I won't even talk about semis yet. We'll see see how it goes, but yeah, England deserved to win today. No doubts. They were the better side. Pickford, 
who I have to say I've been impressed with in this tournament. Um, I think he's done well. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he's got good, good leg for kick. Um, but that's about it. I just think mentality-wise, he's just a bit, sometimes all over the place. Like, like the foul that he did on Van Dijk, he, he's just a bit crazy, man. Um, but yeah, I've been impressed with them. Phillips again, very good. Very, very good again. Um, I think that's the best game Rice has had as well. Um, England looked good, man. And, and I have to say, they had a bit of leadership at the back and Carl Walker. I, I, I thought he he showed his experience today. Um, he was playing at third centre-back, but sometimes he was out wide. And this is where I'm saying people just like to say, oh, it's a negative team, it's a negative team. But there are ways of... of getting expansive within the system, do you know what I mean? With with Carl Walker playing out on that right-hand side, he, he, he will... It's natural in him to make runs and move into different kind of and attacking areas. So, well, well done England today, man. Um, Defensively, I thought England were fantastic. Um, the system, very similar to Germany's. I was a bit sceptical in terms of, you know, how they're going to create opportunities, but I thought they played really well defensively from start to finish and the two holding midfielders, Rice and Phillips, did their job in terms of nullifying the midfield of Germany. And Raheem Sterling and I think Saka in terms of the, you know, the inspiration in terms of trying to get forward and make something happen, they were very, very effective. Um, and you could tell that with Saka as well, I was impressed with as well, that, that's that no fear. I've always felt with England teams of the past that they always play with fear when you're playing against a good, a good team like Germany. But I feel like it's very clear to see with the, the Germany team at the moment, they're just on the decline. Um, from the back to the, to the front, it just doesn't seem the Germany that you, you know, to be fair. And I think everything kind of played in England's favour, whether it's, you know, is it Wembley? You know, they haven't conceded a goal. They've got the fans on their side. I think kind of, I think everything was falling in favour of England and it kind of worked their, their, uh, their advantage. And, and I think, you know, there was opportunities there for England to try to score um, Kane in the first half. But I think the introduction of Jack Grealish towards the end, when, you know, a bit tired, you know, seeing a few gaps, he was, he was kind of kind of central to the couple of goals. And I thought, the, you know, the second goal I thought was fantastic from um, for Grealish in there. And it's nice to see Kane kind of get goals, but he was a bit non-existent in the game, but it was nice for him to get that goal and, kind of get that get yeah, still the victory but listen it was a poor German German performance and look England were in the right place at the right time and they played them at the right time to get the result and listen the next game now they're not going to be at Wembley they're going to be at Rome are they? should you know should be shouldn't yeah, matter, it's really. not going to be at Wembley well yeah it shouldn't matter but you know hopefully you know they're at the comfort zone now so they should be able to get there and at least get to the semi-finals I think everyone needs to just calm down a bit with this. Oh, it's coming home. This is nice to see England win and beat Germany. You know, that's one step at a time. And, you know, we can start saying it's coming home if we get to the final, but this is one game at a time. That's what it needs to be done. And, you know, because it's a different game, but I would like to see England to be a bit more expansive now against um, either Ukraine or uh, Sweden because the, the opposition, even though the opposition is not as going to be as threatening as Germany, I think you can afford to play a Jack Greenish starting him and tinker with the system a little bit because they're not going to pose that much of a threat. But um, listen, Southgate, you done well. Um, yeah, man. So who you was who you been impressed with 
for England in in this in this whole tournament. That, I, I'd have to be, yeah. Raheem, I have to be Raheem. To be honest, as much as he's that the things he does that you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, he, he done that bit in the second half. I was like, what is he doing? Where's even he then, he was, what was you doing? What like, where's he going? But he's on the ball and he's trying to make something happen. Mm. That's the one thing yeah. I, I credit him with throughout this tournament. When he when he's got the ball or when the moment's risen, he's done his thing. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, he's done his thing when the moments uh, that when he's had to, and that's basically off the back of Sterling. That is far. I mean, he's got the three of the four goals they've scored, and you take away Kane's goal today, it's still a 1 0 victory. Mm-hmm. All of his goals have been decisive, so yeah, it, to me, it has to go to him or one of their centre backs because they've been solid at the back. Of- Actually, Pickford's up there as well, he's done very well. Done well, he's made a couple of saves, but yeah, just for the fact that he's won them games, I'll give it to Sterling. David, what do you think about your boy Maguire? You can't, you can't deny his influence for Man United and for England. It just seemed a lot more steady. I think the, the game, the pace kind of suits him. You know, um, I don't think he gets overrun. I think he's commanding, he brings the ball out, his distribution's really good. And it kind of, I think England have been missing that, and I think he's kind of, kind of integral to the way England play, um, defensively, especially at set pieces as well. He's, he's a threat, especially they have their routine when it, you know, it corners and stuff. So he's been, it's, it's nice to see Maguire back, and I think he, you know, he's key, and I think, he, um, I think he, he, he does offer, offer a lot for them defensively and even um, at set pieces. So yeah, I think Maguire is integral. Yeah, I think, I think that's. That's it, man. We've looked at every single game. Um, obviously, there's a game being played now. Ukraine have literally, literally just scored. So that's who England yeah. will be playing at the moment. But obviously, in hindsight, we just don't know. Um, I'll just run through the the fixtures um, for the quarters. I know we said them, but it's um, on Friday. Switzerland will be playing Spain in um, in Russia. And then in Germany, in the Munich Stadium, Belgium play Italy in the Plask, but that should be a good one. Um, and then on Saturday, it's Czech Republic against Denmark, which I think we both think that's the, the most competitive game, in a way. In a way, I, I think it's the most interesting. Yeah. Um, and then England, as you say, will be going to Rome to play over Sweden or Ukraine. And that's the last game for the... It's the quarters in it, yeah, for the quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, Dave, um, yeah, that's it. That's a wrap for the seventeen. Yeah. yeah, it's a wrap. We've we covered a lot of ground with the with the last sixteen. A couple of shocks along the way. Um, so we're going into the, the quarterfinals, and you know there could, there could be some more shocks and twists and turns along the way. Uh, but I say thank to to P and Rem for another episode, and um, we'll be back hopefully. Uh, soon to kind of review the quarterfinal action leading to the semi-finals and so on so forth so just want to say thank you for everyone and see you soon yeah and hopefully it's not coming out. yeah hopefully not <laughs> respect yeah, let, let, let's keep that let's keep that until the final let's keep that to the final if we get there to the final uh, no, no, it's not coming I hope it ends not the only thing I want coming <laughs> home is the national team <laughs>
they don't have to <laughs> if it's at Wembley you never know but I, I think one game at a time let's 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 the hype is a bit too much right now we beat Germany but it's a time will tell Gareth out listen you, you know what will happen after this tournament anyway isn't it? they'll just do like a reverse yeah, new Windrush they're going to say we need everybody from Jamaica to come to this country <laughs> <laughs> listen, all I'm saying is as long as I get a few days off work I don't really care they, they're going to make it a national holiday. Yeah, national holiday. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, Every I don't year. want to come home. <laughs> Just give me a couple of days off. I want that. No, but, no, listen, man, if England... No, have... no, you know what? No, because even when flipping my man got married, the prince, they didn't even give us yeah, a day for, for that. So if they ain't doing it for that, they ain't going to give us for them winning it. Listen, so. man, now, if I just... Listen, if England's have to win it, then incredible in a minute, but there's a lot of... Gas man, and listen, call me a hater, call me a Judas. But I hate them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out Nigeria, yeah. Oh, listen, man. shout out, man. We're taking over World Cup next year. Get to know, man. <laughs> man you're not even gonna make it. So, uh, long, <laughs> listen, we're, we're through, man. You we're through, man. <laughs> listen, I don't know how we're gonna get through. Get through the borders to Qatar, blood, but we'll find a way, blood. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, safe for that episode, man.